is a Bulldog Radio podcast. The Ferris State Bulldogs have upset the nation's number two ranked team. Wide open, Taylor is going to take this one to the house. Touchdown Bulldogs! It's the MVSP Season 4, Episode 18. What a show we have on deck for you folks today. Brandon Worth and Joe Nagy here. What a day it's going to be. Bob Daniels coming on the show. A great interview we had with him. Uh, What a stand-up guy. Absolute gem. Probably, honestly, my favorite coach here. Other than, like, I feel like him and Hodges are pretty fun. I know we had them two on the show, but, like, just in general. Yeah, we have some great coaches here at Ferris State, but being able to talk to Coach Daniels uh, certainly is fun. We got the full extended interview for that, so you guys can enjoy that. Got a f- big Ferris State preview, postseason, and more on deck this weekend. Lots at stake for the dogs as well. As we get back to NFL predictions, Joe, we didn't count the last couple a, weeks. A little bit of hiatus, about a four-week hiatus. Yeah, and but. you're lucky because I think I'd be in the lead right now okay, if you did so. Oh, because no. it's just that so, Doubt. Heavily, heavily doubt. But anyways, Brandon, Coach Daniels interview. Let's swing it. Now joined in studio, head coach of Ferris State Hockey is with us, Bob Daniels. Welcome to the show. Good to be here. Coach, thanks so much for coming on. We really appreciate taking time out of your day. First question for you. Last weekend, got the split against a good Bemidji State team. You know, what are some of those key takeaways from that game that you want to see going into this Saturday and just as a team focus? Sure, Joe. Um, you know, it's interesting in that uh, there was, a, I thought, a lot of takeaways, you know, last weekend. Some good and some not so good, but more good than bad. First of all, um, we took three out of six points. So basically, we, were, we split. We were 500 uh, for the weekend. And, you know, it's a 14-hour bus ride each way. So <laughs> it's tough. That's pretty tough, yeah. It's a long way. And, uh, you know, especially when you're, you know, in your 60s, it's a long time to be <laughs> in a seat. Um, and But it's hard on the guys, too. So, you know, Bemidji State came into the weekend. They were number 20 in the country and uh, a very good team. And, and, you know, for us to go in there and, and come away with three points was a big deal. I thought Friday night, Logan Stein was the story. He played really well. We gave a lot of shots up. We were in our end of the rink for long periods of time. Now, we were in our end, though, and not giving up high-quality scoring chances. Matter of fact, it was interesting. The next night, we gave up maybe a third less shots. We spent a third less time in our own zone, but they had as many quality opportunities. And, And the quality opportunities for both teams, when you look at it over both nights, was the same. So... The things I liked, I liked our defensive structure. I thought the guys made a really good adjustment late in the game between the second and third period Friday night. We wanted to be, we wanted to tighten up and be more aggressive in the defensive zone so we'd spend less time in there. We talked about some things. They went out and executed perfectly, um, and they carried it over to Saturday's play. Um, I thought the big difference, too, between when we played St. Thomas at home and we would play at Bemidji, we had 17 minutes shorthanded each night mm-hmm. against St. Thomas. And in this weekend, we were short four minutes each night, two penalties each night, you know, and that was the big thing we talked about. So going into this weekend now, what we've been really pushing on, we want to be good. We want to have more possession in the offensive zone. We've got to change our mindset there. We want to continue the, the good defensive zone uh, play we've had, and we've want, we want to um, 
we want to uh, stay out of the penalty box. Obviously, goaltending, both Noah Logan played great last weekend. Um, our power play's been really good. So my biggest issue right now is trying to find a way for us to score more goals five on five. Absolutely. Yeah, and you have such a, a different team from, uh, especially from last year, a lot of seniors moving on to great things. And now with uh, having a lot of transfers come in, a lot of the freshmen that are getting in on some of those early lines. Just talk about the team dynamic overall from uh, so far from last year now that what you've seen this year. You know, if I could, if you don't mind, um, Brandon, sure. I'd like to go back even to the previous year. If you think about, the, well, that was the COVID year. So sure, yeah. Oh, weird, yeah. 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 No fans at all, just a really weird, yeah. <laughs> weird it was, situation. It was surreal. Yeah. Thinking back, it seems like it was 50 years ago, but yeah. it was only two. Mm -hmm. um, back that year, we only won, I think we only played 24 games that yeah. year, but we only won one, and that was against a Division three opponent trying. Um, and it wasn't that it was an awful team or the guys were bad or, or didn't work hard. It was we were really young that year. And because of that and the fact that we really couldn't practice very much, like there was two weeks at a time, multiple times we went two weeks or a week at a time quarantine where we couldn't get on the ice. It was just the most bizarre. We would sit in locker rooms before the game and we, we were waiting on test results from a, a couple players on the visiting team. And if I don't know if you remember, early in the year we were supposed to play Alabama Huntsville. Oh yeah. yeah, oh yeah, yeah. And we were sitting there in the locker room, fully ready. And then, like ten minutes before the game, we we pushed the game back even to wait on these tests. And they, they never came, and the other team had just get on the bus and go. It wow. was the weirdest. But anyways, the, the genesis for our, I think an improved Bulldog hockey team started that year. The work. Work habits were good when we could work. Going to last year, I, I liked our work habits last year. I, I, I think we started laying some groundwork there. And then this year, it, it's taken another step. And I think our leadership right now is really good, really strong. The team dynamic is good. The culture of the team is really good. Um, so it, it's a pleasure to go to the rink each and every day. And I think that's the biggest change. Now, we're, we know we're not where we want to be yet, but, boy, we can see light at the end of the tunnel. And I think what you're going to see is a team this year that's going to be pretty much in every game. Now, there might be one game where we run away with it. There might be a game where we, we get run over. Um, that's hockey, and that happens over a 34-game year. But I think what you're going to see, particularly in conference, is going to be every night, like very similar to what we've seen, a lot of OT, a lot of shootouts. Um, and but I, I really feel our team, you know, I, I have high hopes that we can get home ice in the first round of the playoffs still. You know, like I, I think we're playing that well. Um, the first two weekends of conference play, we've gotten points each weekend. Um, so, you know, I feel good about this team. We've got some real challenges ahead, but I feel very good about this team. Yeah, we'd love to pack the dog pound for you. That'd be awesome. Yeah, absolutely. And thinking too, especially with transfers, is a big thing in college hockey. What's that like for you as a coach to be able to, do you kind of reach out to those players when they're in the portal or are they kind of more player first type stuff? Good question, Joe. We, we've, we only have one transfer this year, um, you know, Matt Slick. Mm -hmm. And we're looking for a particular, a particular type of transfer. A lot of times kids in the transfer portal are there's an issue at their current school. Mm -hmm. They're not getting the ice time they want. Um, maybe they ran into trouble off the off the ice. Yeah. I mean, we just don't know what the dynamic is. But if if like I'll give you Matt's 
case, and, and this yeah. is why it worked out, and it's working out so well for us. Matt was he got the extra year because of COVID, so he played four years at Holy Cross. He was a two year captain there. They don't have graduate programs there, so this is year five. He graduated last year at the end of last year, so he's looking for a school with a graduate program. We've got an MBA here. Um, so we did reach out to him. We talked to his current coaches first because you want to know, hey, is there an issue there? Or they couldn't say enough good things about him. We had numerous conversations. We came away thinking what a very mature uh, person he is. And so he, and we needed another defenseman. We And we could have used – you know, we lost Davida to the transfer portal, mm-hmm. Nico Davida, and so we're like, well, we could use a one-year help here, and it just so it worked out perfectly. But we would prefer to only use it in cases like that, one here, maybe one there, but not try to build a program off of that. Mm-hmm. And so then you look at our younger players, like a Connor um, McGrath, um, Schleppi, um, Shouty back on defense, uh, a player you haven't heard a lot uh, about yet, Caden Galt, but I think he's got a bright future. So that's a strong group of first-year freshmen that we can get into our culture and they'll help perpetuate the culture that, you know, hard work, responsible away from the rink, uh, you know, what we're trying to build here. And I don't think you can do it if you're always going to the portal. And and uh, you can see how good Connor McGrath is already. He's, you know, was CCHA Rookie of the Week already once, could have been twice. Um, he sees a lot of ice for us already. And I think those are the kind of players that in the long run we're going to be able to build our program around. So to answer your question, it's a mix of the two. We would prefer to bring in recruits that, you know, are freshmen and then use the portal as needed. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really a tough job now, though. The ability for kids, we, we're not sure. There's probably going to be a, a player or two that may want to transfer at the end of the year away from us. So, it, you know, you're looking at, you know, the crystal ball, trying to say, what do we need to recruit this year? We've got four commits. Um, this is signing week right now, the yeah. early signing period. Um, I'm, I'm not at liberty to release who these players are yet until, sure. until all the signing, uh, the paperwork's come in. But we're excited about the four commits we have. Uh, and then once we get to April and we the dust settles and we see, okay, are we going to lose any other guys? Plus, COVID's played, wreaked havoc with recruiting. We've got guys with ability to come back next year, but they may not want to. They may graduate and want to try pro hockey. So trying to figure out exactly what yeah, we need is whole, hard. a whole bunch of things going on. Yeah. It's never been this difficult. For sure. Yeah, absolutely. And you mentioned the recruiting, and I know back, even flashback uh, for me and you, Coach Daniels, in the summer when we had a chat about recruiting for another show that I was doing. Um, and it's really changed, I mean, for you, being in the college ranks as a head coach for so long and you've been able to see the dynamic of recruiting change drastically how much of those changes have you seen especially going from those early years you were coaching where it was a lot more old-fashioned coaches reached out where now uh, there's a lot of players that are going out they're having these recruiting profiles they're submitting a lot of their stuff from you rather than maybe necessarily the coaches making that move forward well you know it has changed dramatically in the old days (laughs) when I first started out though there was hidden gems all there's there was players that would literally go unseen at times to, you know, if they were off the beaten path. And they were good players. You had to work to find them. Um, you know, back then, too, it was a lot of word of mouth. It was friends you had. You know, because we basically, we recruit the state of Michigan really hard. That's our bread and butter. But we also go, you know, anywhere through Canada, you know, Chicago, Minnesota, New York. Um, primarily it's Michigan based, but we're all over. And then we've got a Czech player this year. We had a Finn last year. So we've got players from all over the world. 
Um, what I found though, the, the hidden gems are less out there. Everybody knows who I can get on on my computer and watch shifts of just about any player in the world. Yeah. It's crazy. I also remember when I first started, we did a lot of in-home visits. We would, you know, you'd go meet the parents and siblings. You don't even do that anymore. Now everything's Zoom. You can Zoom in on it. So yeah. the good news is it's less expensive. You're not flying all over or driving everywhere. Sure. Um, the bad news is though the relationship building isn't what it used to be. And, and so you kind of miss those. Other things have changed. The loyalty thing is, is not as strong as it was. Back then, you had a player, you got him for four years. If you committed them on a verbal before they signed their letter of intent, they live by that. The coaches live by that. Now you're seeing players change their commitments. Um, you're, you can see the one-time transfer starting to really change things a lot. But, you know, my feeling, just because of the way I was brought up through hockey, is I, I'd like to see the loyalty factor go both directions. I, I don't – I've never been one to cut players unless there's misconduct away from the rink but if a player's not working out as we thought they were it's our job to work with them and, and help them grow and we've been rewarded over the years tremendously some guys all of a sudden blossom year three year four even and it's really helped our program out a lot so um I, I want to show that loyalty to them, and, and I'd like to have the loyalty return back in terms of, you know, things may not be working out for you right now, but the answer isn't always, well, I'm going to get in the transfer portal. And I'm going to, because what the kids we've seen leave from here, it's their situations haven't improved somewhere else. And they were probably better off. They had, if you look at it as a bank account, they had a certain level of deposits in the Fair State Hockey Bank account because of all their hard work up to that point. Yeah. And so we're rooting for them, even though they didn't play a lot, maybe year one or two, we're rooting for them uh, for it to work out. But if you transfer somewhere else, there's not that bank account built up. And so if things don't go well right away in, in year three there, they're like, well, this kid can't play. And too much of that happens now, I think, where coaches give up on players or pay, players give up on the coaches or the program. So if we can build that loyalty, and it's important, it's it's hard, and I, I get it. I do agree with one aspect of this transfer. There are situations where, uh, you know, a, a player is just totally unhappy, and they should have the ability to go somewhere. Or they, sure. maybe they are being mistreated, you know, maybe for whatever reason the coach is picking on them. I'd like to think I don't do that uh, every single out of a, a guy that I'm riding all the time, but maybe that's the case. And why shouldn't they have that ability to, to go somewhere else? So I, I do get – this one time, but I, I really, I, I try to caution our players don't just leave because things are difficult. You know, there's going to always be difficulty. So let's fight through them. Let's do it together. Uh, and I think then if you can have that loyalty, you can build a strong foundation and then hopefully we're all rewarded with good product on the ice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Embracing the difficulties is really what's going to make you a better player, but uh, Ferris hockey seen likes of Chris Kunitz. I mean, Trevor large coach of Canisius was uh, part of your squad back in 2004. And I mean, head coach, of the Red Wings, Derek Lalonde was an assistant to you. You know, how cool is that for you to see a lot of these coaches and players that you've been able to interact with, have success on the next level of hockey? It, it's awesome. And a matter of fact, Jeff Blashell, oh, yeah. the, the I mean, coach of the count, Red Wings. Yeah, countless, <laughs> countless a number, yeah. It seems like you've got to be a Ferris uh, coach that was a goaltending coach here to, to coach the Red Wings. But, um, no, it's great. I, I get a big kick out of it, and it's been very rewarding for us. Um, there's a coach right now uh, in with the Rochester uh, in, in the American Hockey League. 
um, by the name of Seth Appert. Now, Seth was a goalie for us and coached with us for a number of years and went on to the University of Denver, ended up being co uh, head coach at RPI. But anyways, now he's co head coach in the American League, one step away from being an NHL head coach. And when we started having some issues with our defensive zone, when, you know, just sometimes you, it's nice to be able to reach out to somebody, send them some video clips of our team. He could look at them and, and give us some input back. And it's good to have a whole different set of eyes. And then he, he took an hour out of his day a couple of weeks ago to make a presentation on how they do their defensive zone coverage, which is a little different than how we do ours. We didn't steal everything completely from him, but I took some things from him. I thought that we could incorporate with our team. So, I get a kick out of seeing the guys matriculate up to the NHL, but I also get uh, a lot of benefits too from it. the ability just to reach up. I was on the phone yesterday, I think it was yesterday, maybe the day before, with Trevor Large, the head coach at Canisius. Mm -hmm. We're looking at trying to do a video room in our locker room area. They have one, and so I wanted pictures of that and asked them, you know, what, what would you do different now if you, you know, we're going to build this room as a video room. Um, so I've gotten a lot of good feedback from these these coaches uh, a couple of years ago when we announced captains we did it via zoom we had jeff blastel actually come on we had our guys in the heavy equipment auditorium and so jeff came on and announced our captains for us i mean it's just things like that and it's great to see that they're doing well and they're willing to give back to the program and want to see us succeed that's very cool. Well, many people know you, Coach, on the ice for obviously being the head coach, being in the nice dapper suit and tie on the bench. But when you're not coaching hockey, what does Coach Daniels do in the offseason? Well, I have a lot of hobbies. I'm not going to be one that when the day comes and it's time to retire, I'll I'll, I'll, I'll transition very easily into it <laughs> because I, I love the golf. I, I try to get out in the golf course as much as I can. I never seem to be able to get out as much as I'd like to, but I, I for – most people they say, boy, you get out there quite a bit. So yeah. <laughs> uh, you can find me on the golf course. I also, um, I live on a lake. I live on Lake Cadillac now. I moved. Oh, nice. Yeah, I lived 31 years in Big Rapids. And then a couple of years ago, I moved up to Cadillac. And uh, so I got a pontoon boat. I like to get out oh, there. Oh, yeah, you just like to scoot around the water. <laughs> I do. Yeah, pontoon is yep. nice. That's nice. Yeah, occasionally I might have a beer in my hand. And <laughs> oh, just, can't blame you on that one. Yeah. Can't blame you on that one. I think that comes with it, you know, having to, uh, being on a pontoon. Um, so those are, I also like to road bike. I got into that a number of years ago. Dave Sensor, our strength and conditioning coach, kind of turned me on to that. I, I, know, I didn't know how expensive the road bikes were. But, and I'd bike before, like on a Walmart bike and all like that this is awful but he's like you got to try it on a real good bike and i did i'm like hey this is fun and so um i've been doing that um quite a bit the past few summers so those are just some of the hobbies i like and obviously in the summer there is some recruiting we do some camps so it's not like we shut it down um but probably you know i, I still get a, a really nice summer and i'm able to take advantage of the outdoors any anytime i can be outside whether it's golfing boating or, or uh, biking I, I prefer to be outside certainly in the summer yeah, for sure. That sounds like a blast. But don't have a big uh, road trip coming up uh, soon, but do have Minnesota State up after, I think, next week when Northern Michigan comes to town. What's that? I mean, you mentioned earlier, I mean, 60 years old, it's a little bit tough to be on like those uh, road trips for nine, 10 hours. But what are the kind of the remedies that you found have really worked for you as the years have gone by? Uh, Motrin. 
before I get on the bus. <laughs> I don't wait for the pain to come anymore. I'll take a couple Motrin before I get on the bus. And then uh, as soon as I get off the bus. And then what people probably don't know is after the games, we just pile right back on the bus. Mm-hmm. Like as soon as the game's over, we give the guys 25 minutes to shower, load the bus, and we want wheels rolling because we want to get home. But that's, you know, again, you're looking at a 12-hour bus ride home. And what I found sometimes over the years is, you know, if we roll in, say we leave, all right, Minnesota State will leave around 10 o'clock at night, um, but the hour time change will maybe get in at 11 o'clock in the morning on Sunday. Once the guys clear out, I might hop on the stationary bike, real simple, just mm-hmm. move my legs and then hop in the sauna for another 20 minutes. And that usually makes me feel a lot better. Yeah. So, yeah, but it, it does. It takes me, at, in and out my age, it does take me a couple days to really shake off a yeah. trip. So it's not terrible and it's fun and I, I love everything about it. I don't even mind the rides out because we usually, you know, leave early in the day. And so you, we're riding through the day and that's fun to see the different sites and so forth. But it's just the ride home that really, you know, you're like, geez, be nice to get on a plane and just fly right home. But You, you have know. a nice one hour trip instead of a 13 <laughs> yeah. hour or something like that. Yeah, absolutely. But Coach Daniels, we appreciate the time. Final question for you. I'd like to ask all the athletes and coaches we bring on the show been your favorite thing about being here at Ferris State and being a Bulldog? God, there's so much, but if I had to bring it down to a certain thing, it's the people. I absolutely, and I'm not not going to keep it narrowed down to just the people that work at Ferris, which is a, a, the ones I know the closest are obviously the ones in the athletic department, the other coaches, and uh, I have a world of respect for them. You can see how how successful all the coaches are. And, and it's great, even though it's a completely different sport, I love sitting down with the other coaches and picking their brain. They, they, they can give you, you know, there, there's certain things, how they, they plan practices and what they do for practices, or, hey, have you ever had a situation with a player come up like this and how did you handle it? And it's it's wonderful to be able to share that. I've worked for great athletic directors, Perk Weisenberger, um, Tom Krenovic, and now Steve uh, Brocklebank. I've really had some great um, people to work underneath. Um, the coaches that I work with uh, uh, on our staff, and then obviously the players. And I do think hanging around a college campus and being around college kids is, uh, you know, what a treat it is for me. Um, you know, I feel like I'm, I'm, you know, almost stealing getting paid to do it. Um, it's something I would probably do for free, you know, it's just coaching hockey and, and just – I, I do think it helps keep you young by hanging around a college campus, and I, I love that. And I love the fact that, you know, you see the kids going to school, and, you know, it's a, such a big part of their life and time in their life. It's a time for self-improvement and education, but it's also time to have some fun too. And um, so all that goes together, and it just made for for me uh, being here for as long as I have just a tremendous experience. That's awesome. Coach, thank you so much for coming on. Good luck uh, this weekend against Mercyhurst. And once again, thank you so much. And thank you. It's great to get in your studio here, by the way, and see. I didn't know you had such a, a swanky place. Oh, yeah. <laughs> too, sure. too kind. Uh, too kind. Really. <laughs> I think anybody listening should take time to come by and take a look if they can find it. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. For sure. Thank you again, Coach. Yeah, Daniel. thanks, guys. Big thanks to Coach Daniels for hopping on the pod. I mean, we've got, I feel like our audience is absolutely spoiled. We're bringing the banger interviews. I mean, we're doing what we're doing. We're just good at what we do, and you guys are just getting blessed. Not going to lie. Not to toot our own horns, but, you know, the content we produce is pretty good. Yeah, it's it's some top-tier content, but we thank you all for tuning Mm -hmm. in as well, and we love to make this stuff for you. Make sure you subscribe on all of our podcast platforms on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, 
YouTube, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, wherever you get your podcasts mm-hmm. as well. As follow us on Instagram and Twitter. We're posting all the content that we can uh, to keep you guys entertained. So we appreciate all the follows and stuff there. But Fair State Sports Report, we go, Joe. Yeah, cannot wait. Time for us to also have a slice of our own humble pie real quick. So oh, yeah. To our own hearts. But go with uh, hockey. Mercyhurst is coming to town on Saturday. One game exhibition this weekend. A little bit different than the two-day Friday-Saturday uh, setup. But Mercyhurst, a good team. Uh, not a historically just like powerhouse or anything like that, but they're a team that's been like around and in Division One hockey for a pretty long time. Out of Pennsylvania, Brandon McCallion is on this team. Uh, he's a former Bulldog, hit the transfer portal. It's going to be a good one. Yeah, it's going to be a good one. I mean, it is technically registered as an exhibition. Um, obviously, it's kind of weird to see an exhibition uh, a couple weeks into the season, but uh, only one game this weekend, which uh, definitely can bring a lot of great things. You can get a lot of guys some rest, especially not having to play back-to-back, especially with Bowling Green, a big series coming up on deck next weekend. Um, but, yeah, you really look at this weekend, uh, an opportunity to, to work on some things, be able to maybe put in some new schemes as well as see different lines in action, right? You just you have this opportunity. I think it's kind of really cool that they scheduled at this time because now you can kind of see what kind of different things you can come with because this one this one really doesn't matter for record. And so you can really do a lot of different things. So I'll be really interested to see what Coach Daniels does. But, I mean, right now they've been they've been playing some really good hockey, I mean, especially uh, in the, the weekend against the Beavers, number 20 in the nation as Coach Daniels said, and being able to get points from them was absolutely huge. Um, and, I mean, we were great overall on the penalty kill, 100%. 0 for 4, the Beavers were on the power play last weekend. Our defense has ramped it up. Uh, just got to get that offense, and this could be a prime opportunity to get that offense back on track this weekend. Yeah, for sure, and especially with exhibition games, the good thing about it is you can dress a lot more people uh, within reason. Uh, we were talking to Coach Daniels before we got on the mics with him uh, before the interview, and he was saying that like it's going to be a good thing you know, to be able to put some new guys in, have some guys rest and stuff like that, uh, and still keep it really competitive, which is a big thing, and which was really cool too because you know, you're know you going to see some guys who might have you know not gotten so much ice time but be able to kind of prove if there's kind of some diamonds in the rough type deal even within our own roster and you know give some rest to some older guys too but keeping it competitive is the name of the game and I think we're going to be able to do that and it's going to be a good test especially like you said Brandon coming off of Bemidji State uh, and really getting ready for this Bowling Green matchup uh, coming up next week which is going to be pretty key seeing that you know a good sweep a good regulation time sweep is going to be big especially for humping up hopping up in the standings for ccha yeah absolutely i mean right now for us in the standings we're in a pretty good spot right now we are i believe fifth as of last time i checked um in the standings so far which we had did have an opportunity to take that number one spot at one point obviously the cards didn't fall in our favor but i mean this team has much improved i mean Mm -hmm. we've seen a lot of good things already this year it's still early um so like coach daniel said there's still a lot of improvement to be made um, but right now where you're sitting at three, five, and two, uh, not a bad place to be, especially for how tough this conference is. Um, but no, there's going to be a really fun opportunity this weekend. One o'clock puck drop uh, and students rock the dog pound because we're letting you in for free. You yeah, don't yeah, have you excuses, man. Come on. Let's you rock. You got to pay. No. It's going to be big time. Free division one hockey. What's yeah. better than that? There's literally nothing better than that. So yeah. I don't I would, know what's going on. Yeah. I would encourage anybody in town that has never watched hockey to go watch hockey. And the reason why is, I mean, I was in this boat when I was a, I was a kid, obviously being from around here from Reed city, all just up the road. 
uh, I was taking taking my first Ferris State hockey game, I believe, when I was like 12 or 13 years old. One of my most favorite experiences from uh, a sporting event standpoint, just because hockey, it's so fast, energetic, and there's no breaks. It's not like football where you kind of have a, a a playoff where you have 45 seconds on, 45 seconds off. It is go, go, go. Obviously, you do have a little bit of those short stoppages for face-offs, but it's very high intensity. It's a really close-range sport, so you're right on top of the action the whole time. Uh, and it's super fun. You can bring your friends, and you can ha- have a really nice time. And you don't have to worry about the weather. It is a little bit chillier, so you might want to bring a jacket. But You it, tailgate before. No, you could have, if you want pass to. Have fun, get a little boozed up, come on in, have some good time. Yeah. I mean, people do that. Football is the same thing. Yeah, you, that's you true. You can really tailgate anything. Sure. You can tailgate whatever you want. It doesn't even have to be sports. That's true. You can true. tailgate graduation. Okay. <laughs> that would be crazy. If you really want to. Yes. Either way, it's going to be- But as long as you're of age, of course, we don't promote yeah, those Yeah, do not things, drink if you're underage. Absolutely. Straight up. Don't do it. Yes. Anyways, going to be a good time. Some- Matchups across the CCHA, Lake State, and Michigan Tech are going to be taking each other on a two-day uh, little matchup there. St. Thomas is going to go to Bowling Green, and Bemidji State is taking on Northern Michigan. Minnesota State has the bye, uh, which is you know good for them, I guess. I think they're undefeated in the conference, so nice little bye week. Might get them off their game uh, for next week. But <laughs> yeah, And then Saturday, we take on Mercyhurst. It's going to be a good time. going to be a good time. I'll be on the call with Harrison. Joe will be on the the stats and replay crew. Hey, what's up? So we'll maybe you see us. Come yeah. say hi. I'll be, I'll be head of the post game press conference too. So that's might, true. Might I'm my voice up in there. Yeah, you'll hear us. So if you come find us, tell us you love the podcast. We'd love to find and hear you. All the loyal fans out like, there. To be honest, huh? I have a feeling most people don't know what we look like. Oh, I think we do. There's I mean, probably we are, ta- we are tagged in stuff. So yeah, we're tagged, we and like. you probably see photos of us on social media within the accounts and stuff. So mm. come find us, say hi. We'd love to hear your input on the show. We'd love to see the fans out there. Maybe we do like a fan meetup one of those times if we ever blow up on <laughs> <Yeah>, the <this> show. <laughs> Gonna I need feel like a not bit. a lot of people show up to that. No, probably not. But hey, we can dream, right? Of man, two men can dream. Two That's men can dream. Want. Anyway, moving over to the gridiron, Wayne State. The location of battle this weekend. Motown. So Wayne State hosts us, Ferris State. Uh, obviously, this will be the final regular season game. Uh, last chance to prove yourself for a lot of teams on the bubble before the postseason. Um, coming off a really nice performance defensively and offensively against Davenport. Obviously, we mentioned on the last show, which you can check that out in the feed below wherever you get this podcast. Uh, defense played phenomenal. Offense definitely wasn't the best, but definitely had enough to get the job done uh, and threw a lot of different looks at Davenport. So uh, we'll certainly see that creativity against Wayne State for sure, uh, a team that we know we have confidence against go over the historical records. Um, but definitely a chance for um, to really tighten things up. Uh, it kind of feels like a, a tune-up game, if it kind of feels like that. And that's no yeah. disrespect to Wayne State. They're still a very good football team. Uh, but no matter who you play the last week, you're you're looking at postseason, especially in our aspect and a lot of other teams around Division Two. You're really kind of looking at where you're – you almost might be looking ahead a little bit. Obviously, you're focused uh-huh. on winning this game. Um, but there's going to be teams out there that are going to be looking at, you know, we got some different looks here potentially that we can throw in the postseason. Maybe try those out. Uh, maybe see what kind of different personnel you see. Because obviously, Wayne State, for them, they're in a situation where they got nothing to lose. They're going to bring absolutely yeah, every wrench and throw it our way. So. Yeah, it's going to be a good one, I think. I th- it's like you said, a tune-up game, sort of, especially getting ready for it. Wayne State's a team who, at the start when they played Grand Valley, kind of gave them a little bit of a fit. They were up, I think, 7-0 or something like that in the first quarter. Of course, Grand Valley kind of took a- took away with it uh, at the end of the game. But I think this one can be a really good uh, – 
test for us, especially just kind of more just staying disciplined in a lot of ways. Uh, Caleb Murphy is on the watch for breaking the, I think it's the D2 national sack record uh, of all time, as well as school record and GLIAC record. So got to keep an eye out for that. Hopefully he's able to break that because that would be huge for the program. Uh, but it's going to be a pretty solid test for a lot of GLIAC teams this week. Saginaw Valley is taking on Michigan Tech. Uh, Grand Valley is playing Davenport. Uh, Davenport could play upset, and the chance of that might be slim, but we might be able to see a three-way tie for first place in the GLIAC, uh, which would be pretty cool. But that's going to be a tough one for them. I think it's at Lubbers. No, it's at Davenport. So Ooh, Grand Valley's got to end this end their regular sneaky. season on the road, and Northern Michigan is taking on Lake Erie. Uh, and a big noon kickoff, which is surprising. But yeah, like I said, fair state. We got a good chance to really just kind of clean up some, clean the rust off of some places that we need to get going, especially for playoffs. And if we play good here, we might lock up two host host games. Uh, for playoffs as well. Yeah, it's certainly going to be fun. I did actually for, uh, of course, recording this Thursday. It'll be released Friday morning for all those that are tuning in. Uh, def- we had practice this morning, and uh, we obviously uh, go to the athletic complex and actually saw Caleb Murphy uh, kind of running in as they were going into practice. Let me tell you what. He was amped up, ready for practice today. Mm-hmm. So you can tell that he knows how much this game means you know, with a record on the line. Obviously, uh, as we talked to him later or earlier on in the show, he's definitely a team-first guy. But, I mean, definitely to be able to etch your name into the record books is a, a super cool opportunity. Um, and obviously being able to be a national champion and what this team has done, we look forward to nothing but the best for this team moving forward. Close it out the regular season on a high note. Look for postseason and let's rock and roll. Yeah, let's get after it. Can't for wait to sure. see what the fellas do. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, women's soccer is in action. This is kind of a tough spot for us, obviously, recording this. They will be kicking off just momentarily um, before this game uh, or before this podcast is released on Friday. They'll actually be playing on Thursday uh, at 3 o'clock. We're recording at 2 o'clock Eastern time. Of course, you know, get making sure everything's post-produced and everything's getting on track for you guys Friday morning. Um, so kind of in a tough spot we can't really we, we're, we'll obviously give our last minute preview here but obviously the game will have ended yeah. by the time you hear People this people will figure it out um but i think the biggest thing um for us to win this game uh and i hope that this comes true and that we're able to uh advance from the first round to the second round on saturday um we've got to make sure we're able to establish the offense early and i think when we look back um, at the September 2nd game where we played this team um, on our home turf we definitely had Fitz trying to get the offense going, especially through the middle of the field. I mean, the biggest thing from the early part of the season, the attacking third, the attacking third, the attacking third. We had talked to a couple of players, including mm-hmm. Izzy Zamborini, Isabella Sabo, um, that mentioned that was their biggest uh, focal point uh, early on in the first half of the season. Now we've done a much better job of getting quality looks uh, over the last month. So being able to carry that over, this is a different team, Joe, I think my mm-hmm. personal opinion than we saw in the first half. I know a lot of the other players would agree. I know the fans would agree. Um, but I really like our chances this weekend. Obviously, we're the sixth seed and Ashland's the third. So on paper, they're a better team. But we have we have a good chance to win this game as long as we're able to stay, keep that defensive momentum going. We've played really well. Uh, obviously, the Grand Valley was a bump in the road, but it's hard to take on that high powered of an offense for any team altogether. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think we really like our chances. Just got to be able to work the ball outside, inside, able to get some good crossing opportunities, some breakaways, um, and I think we're going to have a really good shot to win this game. I'm really looking forward to seeing how this team plays. Yeah, me too. Ashland is a team that, you know, we were looking to beat them at the start, but they were a team that was kind of pretty high-ranked, 
near the start of the season, kind of preseason and stuff like that. But, you know, as time has gone on, we really improved. Like you said, going from more of a, you know, one-dimensional team, we've really been able to spread it out and really get more quality looks. Uh, but, yeah, I think the good thing of us losing to Grand Valley, I think it lit a good fire under us because they were getting ready to get after us. But, I mean, we saw it when we went to go to a couple meetings at Wheeler Pavilion. They were out, you know, at night, dark out. It's getting pretty cold, and they're still grinding at practice for, you know, hour or two at 9 o'clock at night. So that's big time for them. But, I think especially when you look at Ashland, they're a team that has that, you know, they were playing host last year. Uh, they're a team that's, you know, pretty high up in the rankings in the region, and they're a very technically solid team, and their goalkeeper is also very good. So it's going to take a, a strong effort to beat them, but, hey, we've played upset and we've played uh, good teams before. So it's going to be a big one, but I think we'll be able to push through. Yeah, I think it's going to be a fantastic match. Of course, we'll get uh, the full recap of hopefully all the weekend activity for them uh, on next week's show, so make sure you subscribe for that. Anyway, moving over now, volleyball advances. Quarterfinal win on uh, Wednesday night against Lake Superior State. Yes, it program. was a long night, Joe. I feel you on that yawn there. Um, but it was a really nice game overall from the from the women's volleyball team. Uh, I mean, I think we saw exactly what we wanted to see. I give credit to Lake State. I mean, being able to see them, um, it's like it, it was an immense improvement. I couldn't stress this enough on the on the call last night. They look so much better, especially from when we played them at their place. And they got better to when they came to our place to finish out the regular season two weeks ago. And then they played even better last night. Even though they came up short in the 3 nothing game, I thought they were – they still threw a lot of really good opportunities at us. And I know Coach uh, uh, Coach Brandon Wilhelm mentioned that in the post game. Uh, they threw a lot of wrenches our way. Um, so that was something really good to see, being able to find those on film uh, and really go back and be able to dissect those and we, what happened in these certain situations. What do they need to change? Because, uh, I mean, I give credit to Lake Superior State. They played a really good game, but uh, obviously we were able to secure the W. Emma Bleacher by far was uh, just lights out in this game, 15.5 points individually. Olivia henneman Delape had nine um, to lead Ferris State, but it was an all-around team effort, of course. Everybody contributed in a major way. Um, but I think, really, you saw a lot of great things in this game. They've got a lot of momentum, but I, we did a great job of responding uh, and able to make runs of our own to get back in the game and even take the lead. And now having home court advantage, uh, that's going to make the job a lot easier moving forward into the semis and hopefully the finals. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. Uh, especially last night, it was like a tough one. Uh because like you, you really had Lake State was kind of one dimensional, but they're one dimension, especially their number eight, uh, Mariana Velasca, I think is how you pronounce her name. Mm-hmm. Lights out. I mean, she was bringing the hammer down every time that she was up for a spike. It just was like you could hear the sound of that basically from the concourse. Is yeah, what it was like she was, she was really bringing the pain with that one. But I think especially we were able to kind of pick it up near the end. Uh, really play some good defense. I mean, Olivia and Cyan. Uh, uh, yeah, Olivia and Sion, they really did a good job of kind of locking that down, got some block assists and yeah. some solo blocks, which was pretty huge. Uh, but I think the big thing is just kind of keep up that consistency and keep up kind of just spreading the ball around. I mean, Kaylee Mosh has been lights out, just putting the ball where, right where it needs to be for our hitters, which is a big thing. And, uh, you know, when you look at last last night, Emma Bleacher was a very pleasant surprise. I mean, we've seen her ha- kind of have breakout games, but to be able to have it this late in the season and really start to pick up on post game is going to be huge. I mean, you expect uh, Olivia Hyman Delape to do really well. I mean, Hanta comes as well when she comes in to serve. I mean, she's been, you know, two, three aces a game yeah. almost every time she you serves. You need those. So that is, you know, 
very, very clutch. And I think you're going to see a lot of players on this team kind of hit their stride, especially uh, this next game. I think it's, what, Friday? We play yep, four o'clock. Michigan Tech. Michigan Tech coming to town. That would be a good team for sure. Uh, not the most offensive powerhouse team like a Grand Valley not or as good a, as last a year. Downport or a Northern, for example. Um, but defensively, they are very good. They are one of the best in the CLIAC um, at being able to be very clean with receptions, being able to to dig out a lot of opposing attempts. They're a defense-strong team um, to convert to offense, so they're going to definitely be uh, looking to take away our offensive attacks defensively and turn that into offense. We saw Lake State do a little bit of that last night, um, but Michigan Tech, this is a team that last year was the number two seed. Um, so they're going to be bringing the heat. We know this is a very good matchup for a 1v5. It's going to look a lot closer um, than you see by those seed numbers. But Michigan Tech is a very, very good team. They have bringing a lot of those players that they had last year. Um, so, And this is a revenge game for them. We took them down in the title game at Houghton last year. So you got to know that's going to be in the back of their minds to set revenge for last year's team. Um, but it's going to be a fantastic match. I encourage everybody to come out Friday, 4 o'clock. Um, students, bring your ID. You're going to get in free. Um, but you got to make sure you get there early, though. I believe there's a, a certain number. Is it 100 or 200 first free? I, uh, I think it's normally always free, but this is obviously CLIAC postseason play. Yeah. So uh, we got to kind of charge the ticket money. It's the just, dance, man. Just the way it is. Got to pay the dance. bills, unfortunately. Yeah, but that's true. still come out. This is going to be a fun game. We didn't host last year. I mean, we hosted regionals, but. For regionals, nah, uh, Gliacs, because Michigan well, Tech was be. number one seed, and then we flipped over top of them yeah. after the conference tournament well, to I'll host be. the regional. I'll be darned. Yeah, going to be a fun thought. one. Yeah, it's going to be fun. I cannot wait. I, uh, I won't be there Friday to do stats, which is, I mean, bittersweet, I guess. I won't have to sit for four hours in those uncomfortable chairs. But sure. I'll be there for the championship game. So that's yeah, gonna be big time. that'll be fun for sure. Um, winner of that game will take on... Uh, the upset-ridden Grand Valley State uh-huh. beating Davenport last night. I won't say Surprising. I'm this shocked. I'm not as sh- I'm, I'm surprised, not going to lie. I'm, I'm actually Davenport. not as much surprised. Really? Grand Valley offensively is one of the best teams in the GLIAC. As a six seed, that's dangerous. And when they're clicking, they are clicking. And Davenport, to me... the same thing about Davenport, though. Davenport is a very good offense. The only problem is they're very one-dimensional offensively. They're not as good defensively. Yeah. Uh, which, I mean, they, they are number two overall in defense, but... I mean, when you really look at their team overall, I mean, Haley Krieger brings a lot of their offense, so uh, you could kind of see us be able to uh, dissect that a little bit. But I think we'll see Davenport again. They might hang on um, to a potential regional spot. We'll see. I think they came in at ninth, so obviously not everything working for them. But uh, first round of GLVC and GMAC will be taking on. Uh, will be starting this Thursday, so it'll be today as a recording yesterday. Um, so any of those first teams fall out might be an opening for Davenport. We'll see. So we might see him again. We'll see. And we also moved up to number two, I believe, this week in the rankings. So as much crazy as it might be, Joe, there is any outside slim chance that we might host regionals. Very, very short. Please no. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? I do not want to host. Uh, Dude, you know, I did rant sesh real quick, all right? Last year... I had to work like two 10-hour days for volleyball because yeah. we had, what, four games a day? And almost every game went to five sets. Yeah. You know how tough that is on, on my old caboose sitting in those plastic chairs? I got no wiggle room with my legs. I was standing I'm up six that foot, whole time. I'm six one. I am probably four feet of legs, man. <laughs> I got long legs. I am very disappointed. I look like Mike Wazowski, basically, is what it is. I got a Mike Wazowski belt. Oh, my gracious. Second. Second. 
We only got beat up like once. I didn't get a lot of food that day. I was pretty I was pretty ornery, as they would say. But we got the bistro. Yeah, that is true. We got the bistro oh, I now, I got to pay Joe. for the bistro. I didn't have to pay what? for that. You yeah. don't have swipes? No. What? I don't go to those Come places. Come on, no. man. I'm, okay, well, let's be honest here. <laughs> let's be honest. A brisket mac is what? Six bucks there? Just uh, about. A meal swipe is one. Like a meal swipe pack, like 25 is like 250 bucks, right? 200 some? Give or take. Give or take a few. It's cheaper, more than it's that. cheaper to just buy it than it is to get swipes, you know? Cause I'm not getting kind that of, much yeah. food there. Just depends how much food you get, obviously. Yeah. I mean, if I'm, yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Wait, it'll glad, be... Don't get me wrong. Glad the bistro is there. Great food. Yeah. I'm just really glad. I'm just hoping, praying that we don't have to host. Nah. You know, it is what it is. But I would love to call it and be able, um, well, well, I, mean, yeah, I won't you, be able to call part cool, of it, but... though. Uh, Cause I'll be over in uh, Kenosha to race, so yeah. for regionals. Well, I mean, so. The only cool part would be the paycheck after. But I mean, no, no. we like paychecks. But yeah, here's the thing: Quincy runs out, wins the GLVC. They're in the clear. They're gonna yeah, take no, no the shot, whole. Yeah. They're gonna host. So, uh, but obviously, a lot of at stake uh, for volleyball coming up. Certainly gonna be fun to see those matchups go because. Oh, there's other conference tournaments could have a pretty big influence on the regional rankings, and that mm-hmm. might see who gets a postseason ticket or not. I'm hoping Quincy wins. I'm yeah, especially excited. for Northern right now. They're sitting at eight, so if they are able to get through a couple games and GMAT gets an upset, or like Hillsdale, for example, or Ashland, nah, there's another seat open there for Northern mm-hmm. Michigan to move up, and we might have to face them round one. Mm, that would be Very tough. much lots at stake coming up. Finishing out the Ferris State Sports Report, uh, basketball, both men's and women's, will be basketball. in action this weekend. We'll start over with men's. Um, they will be traveling. I believe they're already on their way um, to the Robert Garrett Crossover Classic in Nashville. They'll be mm-hmm. taking on uh, Trevecca Nazarene and Southwest Baptist. Friday, they'll be at 6.30. Um, Southwest Baptist on Saturday at 2 p.m. Should be fun to get the regular season started against two teams that are very, very good. Um, so being able to see that will be excellent. We got to see a little bit of them against Calvin as well as uh, for those that were at Chrysler against U of M. Um, saw some really good things. This team is definitely has a lot of different ways that they can score and defend the basketball, um, and it's a different look of a team. It's not going to be as shooting heavy as we've seen in years past. We have a little bit more aggression being able to drive inside. Uh, with that, obviously, comes the risk of being out of position and being a little bit too block-heavy defensively, which we did see also as well. But lots of time to figure it out. The first couple of games are going to be interesting. Obviously, in Nashville, you're going to have the travels um, and the, the bus lag, if you may. But I really like our chances. I think Coach Bronkma, uh, with his new coaching staff, had this team in the right direction. And obviously, we'll look forward to seeing the results this weekend. Yeah, this is going to be pretty sick. I can't wait to see it. Uh, I think this can be a good test. Kind of getting ready before. Uh, we have like a good amount of teams before conference play starts. And yeah. you know who we start with conference conference play? The big dogs. Big dogs, GV. Yeah. going to be at home. So that means. Buckle up. Yeah, going to be pretty huge and cannot wait for that one. We yeah. actually have a pretty solid amount of games before. We got to play Minnesota Duluth, too. Battle of the Bulldogs. Yeah, I remember that one last year yeah, on New like Year's. Yeah, to 109. That was a crazy ball game, man. Yeah, that was crazy. That was I mean, insane. That was, that was probably one of the best basketball games I've seen here. Oh, hands down. 100%. 100%. Yeah, yeah, that'll be a fun matchup. Wish Rematch we could see of the old person. 2018 National Championship against Northern State. Woo! at 7 p.m. on November 18th. That's right. 
good memory, Joe. No worries. What dude. a game that steel was trap, too. Steel trap mind. Yeah, I, I remember watching that in a, on spring break in a Florida mm-hmm. resort condo. I remember watching it. That was, was crazy. Well, I didn't go to Florida. I wasn't that cool. But I rem- <laughs> remember watching it in my living room uh, on the old, I think, WGZM 13. Yeah, that was a fun game for sure. That was a big one. Uh, also, sure. women's will be in action this weekend. Saw their bus actually just leaving today. No, no um, they'll be in action tonight, 6 o'clock at Ohio Dominican, former GLIAC. Uh, team from a couple years ago, and Cedarville they were. taking on the Yellow Jackets. Yes, that is correct. The Ohio Dominican was in the GLIAC who at one used point. To, I'm sorry, I gotta look up who used to be in the GLIAC. Cause Ohio Dominican of, used to be uh, Ashland, GLIAC, Tiffin, Finley, all those. Some of those, a lot of those Ohio teams, and then the GMAC uh, came across and they kind of banded themselves up. Former members. Yeah, Gannon used to be a part of it. Correct. University of Finley, Ashland, Hillsdale, Lake Erie, Malone, Mercy. M- uh, what? Mercyhurst, that's correct. When they leave? A while ago. 2016. 2008. Yeah. Oh, okay. I was like 16. No Malone way. Malone left in 2016. That sounds that's... like Malone and Tiffin when they all left was around 16, uh, 17. Northwood did a little double dip with joining and leaving. They le- did you know that they left in 1987? Northwood? Yeah, then they joined back in 92. And then they left in 2022. Yeah, and they realized that it was actually yeah, a pretty good conference, so they it. came back. <laughs> Oakland, obviously now they're D1. Yep. Uh, yeah, Hyde to make Tiffin, Walsh, Westminster. Yeah, a lot of teams well, that used I'll to be, be in the GLIAC. And one more coming to you in, I believe, uh, the end of this year to next year. Roosevelt University, just outside of Chicago, will be joining. Oh, shoot. Well. Look so at they'll that. be filling a spot there. That was announced a little while ago. Um, but it'll be very interesting to see them, uh, how they compete with a lot of these teams in their first year um, in Division Two. So mm. very interesting. So that's going to wrap up the Ferris State Sports Report. When we come back, NFL picks are back. Me and Joe are going to duke it out. We'll see who comes out on top. Stay tuned. Are you a Ferris State student interested in getting into audio production, music, podcasting, or even DJing? Bulldog Radio could be the place for you with plenty of opportunities and hands-on experience within not only these realms, but the marketing and social media opportunities outside. Join us to have your voice heard. No other place than Bulldog Radio. And we're back from our quick little break. Brandon and I just had to, had a quick debate on which logos in the GLIAC were the best looking. And ours is best. Ours is best. I mean, no bias. No bias at all. No bias. Absolutely no bias. Grand Valley is obviously bottom because it's just a G and a B. But anyways, <laughs> going to hop into the NFL. Been a little bit of a break from that as well. Haven't done anything from week six, but I'm still ahead three to two in the old pick spots. Going to pick it up on week 10. Going to be kind of quick as we're getting a, a little bit cover time, so we'll hop right into it. Uh, kind of just like a choose, quick little anecdote, no further questions. Type yeah, of. minute a game? Mm-hmm. Yes, Let's sir. Do it. Let's rock, Brandon. Thursday night, Falcons at Panthers, Joe. Falcons come in at four and five, and you're picking Atlanta. I'm gonna pick Atlanta. I think they're gonna be doing pretty good. Kyle Pitts is gonna get a little bit of a little bit more volume, and Carolina just does not do it for me. You don't trust Deontay Foreman to run over the Falcons? <laughs> no. Well, he definitely still can, and they will still lose. I'm gonna go with the Falcons as well. Twenty-eight to twenty. Nope, I lied. Twenty-four to seventeen. Thursday night games have been trajectory some of the worst scoring games, so I will keep that trend rolling. But I think the Falcons get to 500, Joe. They might be on top of the NFC South then. Mm, well, you could. You could possibly. What did you say for a score? That's crazy. Uh, What did I say? 24-17. Falcons over the Panthers. There you go. 9-30 London game. Is that correct? Buccaneers against Seattle at 9-30. The Seahawks are the better team on paper, Joe. You going with Geno Smith? They write me off. I am right back, though. 
Seattle's going to win this one. Okay. Gino's that guy. Kenneth Walker's also that guy. Tampa Bay's been struggling to find identity ever since Tom Brady's divorce got finalized. They're going to bring Munich, Germany, the best football game they've oh, ever seen. Oh, it is Germany. That's right. Thank you for that clarification. Seattle's going to win 24-10. to 10. Okay, there you go. I'll play contrarian. I'll go with Mr. Thomas Edward Patrick Brady. Oh, that was a good shout-out. Travis, if you're listening, homie, good to see you again. Uh, Buccaneers, I think, have the defense to get it back on track against Seattle. Uh, I think this could be a little bit of a trap game for Geno Smith. Um, I think the defense steps up. I don't think it'll be the same as the last meeting where it was a 40-30 to 30 type game. I expect the Buccaneers to win this one. In a tight one, I think it's going to be more along the lines of 28-27. Buccaneers pull out another close victory for Todd Bowles. Imagine. 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 Just wait till it happens, brother. Yeah, could you imagine? That's all I can say. That's all Next I can game. say. Next game. Next game on deck here as my schedule reloads. Thank you so much, Microsoft, Slow, for State Internet. getting that. Minnesota versus Jeff Buffalo Burden. is where I. Is all right, let's go I that way. Minnesota against Buffalo. This is a good game. It's gonna be solid. I'm seven and one Minnesota versus six and two Buffalo. Yeah, that's gonna be a good game. I no oh man, I can't. Rocking with? I'm gonna go with the Bills as much as I want to pick the Vikings. We gotta make ground. On them somehow as Detroit fans, so let's pick this game to do so. I think this is a big bounce back game as long as Josh Allen plays. Yeah, if say it's he's questionable. If it's Case Keenum, I like the I like the Vikes instead. Um, but I trust Josh Allen's that dude. He's going to be ready yeah. for this game. I think Buffalo's defense gets back on track. They're going to limit Dalvin Cook and make Kirk Cousins throw all over the place. Uh, it is a one o'clock game though, and we know what. Kirk Cousins does on one o'clock games, so I'm a little nervous, but I think Buffalo's gonna squeak this one out. 35-31. Final. Buffalo wins. I know. Minnesota adding uh Hawkinson, I think, is gonna be the big difference maker here. As much as I hate to see it, because I have Josh Allen starting for me, Minnesota's gonna win this one probably by I don't, I'm not gonna say two scores. It's gonna be probably like a twenty seven to twenty win. Okay. That's a good pick. Next one, Lions at Soldier Field taking on Justin Fields and the Bears. And you know what that means. Kool-Aid filter is in effect. Lions win this one. Here's why. Bears offensively looked very good last week. They played a phenomenal game being able to actually score the football, believe it or not. The Bears actually did that. Well, Justin Fields scored the football. Right. Justin Fields really was the reason that that team won. And I don't see the consistency from that team. If the Lions can shut down the run game, their pass coverage, I as ever since, we I mean, obviously, thank you, Aubrey Pleasant, for your service, but their defensive backroom looked great last week. And I'm going to roll with one I see, and I think this could be a really big game for the Lions, especially offensively. The Bears have been a stingy defense, um, but the last couple of weeks, injuries and just bad play calling have given given them some problems, especially last week when they kind of threw that game away despite a good effort offensively. Give me the Detroit Lions to win this game 23-20 against the Chicago Bears. Sorry, I have like a weird like water drop what's on my screen. Oh, uh, no. Hey, my bad. Yeah, my water cup sprayed all over the place. Uh, Yeah, I'm going to also sip on the blue Kool-Aid. There you go. All right, there you go. I mean, we kind of have to. I mean, we made that pack already. Yeah, we made the pack, and we sticking to it. Next game. What did you say for a score, Sorry. Score, I said, was 23-20. Detroit beats Chicago. Uh, Have we gotten any scores correct yet this year? I doubt it. Heavily, heavily doubt it. I don't think so. I got one two years ago. uh, I think in the Kansas City 
uh, Monday night game when it was 35-23. to 23. I remember calling that one. It's going to be another low-scoring game. Yeah. Tony Romo called one earlier this year, though, too. What was mm-hmm. it? Buffalo yeah, against... Buffalo and Kansas City. Kansas City was he like 24-20 game. 24-20 game. Yeah, and then he said it exactly. Like but in the first quarter. Speaking of the Chiefs, they're taking on the Jaguars. 1 o'clock start time on CBS. wonder who will be calling that one. Uh, I'm going to take the Chiefs offense. Figured it out last week is the word to say. Uh, <laughs> it looked like... Tennessee was giving him fits, and then, you know, Pat Mahomes turned into Pat Mahomes in the second half, and I expect he continues that despite the Jaguars winning last week. I think the Chiefs' offense is showing good signs, and I think they're going to really, I think they're going to give Jacksonville's defense a lot of fits. 42-28 the final I have in that one. Patty Mahomes and the Chiefs' roll against Jacksonville. Uh, Yeah, uh, Jacksonville, unless ETN just has a day, I don't think they're going to be able to really keep up in this one. Etienne has obviously been picking it up a little bit these past couple of weeks. I think we talked about that on the fantasy podcast as well. But Shout out. Kansas City. Yeah, shameless plug. Kansas City. Yeah. Uh, 28-15. Kansas City's going to win this one. Okay. There you go. Their offense is just clicking right now. Yeah. Next game, Dolphins hosting the Cleveland Browns. Uh, I think this is a trap game for Miami at Hard Rock. Uh, I think when you look at this game, it's very interesting because I think the predictors would be somewhere around like Dolphins have a 60 to 70% chance of winning most likely, especially being at home, that being a factor. Um, But the Browns have had the Dolphins number, and that's why I'm going to call the upset here and take the Browns, and here's why. The Dolphins with Tua have been fantastic. The defense has been eh. And even though that they've over the last couple of games they they've held some teams overall um, to lower point totals. I mean they gave up 32 to the Bears last week. That's not great. And over the last couple of games they've given up way too many points. Uh, I mean they gave up 27 to Detroit, 32 to the Bears. Ever since the Steelers and Vikings games when their defense was actually that good, which they also gave up 40 to the New York Jets. And obviously that was with uh, Tua still being out. But I'm going to take the Browns because uh, Nick Chubb, I think, is going to have a big game. I think Jacoby Brissett is going to be good enough for them to win the game. And I think the Browns finally are going to get Jadavion Clowney as well as Miles Garrett back to their normal selves. And I think they're going to give Tua a really hard time throwing the football and I think that overall, if I'm going to take a running game between the Browns and the Dolphins, I'm going to take the Browns. So I'm going to tell them as an upset and a close one, I'm going to call this one 27-24. to 24. The Browns beat the Dolphins and shake up the tables just a smidge. Let Jacoby cook. Let Jacoby cook it up. Really? I'm going to play the same thing. Yeah! I, I hate to do it. Let's go. <clears throat> I hate to do it just for sake of argument or anything like that, but I don't know. I just got a feeling Jacoby's going to play pretty well. I feel like I'm going to be wrong. But I just want Kobe to succeed. Yeah, this one feels Tua, like a Tua trap just, game. Tua just came back last week, but hey, I mean, concussion probably caused a little bit spotty. Yeah, so that's true. Who that's knows true. what could happen? In this who game? knows what can happen in this game? Another trap game: the Giants hosting the Texans. Texans have only won one game, Joe. Is this one where we can see them sneak out win number two on the season against Brian Dable? It's a good question because it is honestly a little bit of a trap game, and that's too lopsided record-wise. Eh, no, nah, New York's win this one. You think so? Yeah. Okay, I agree with you. Seventeen fourteen. No, sorry, I no, like no, no. that score. I really like that score. I was gonna say twenty to fourteen. Oh, as a fix, but I'll stick with seventeen to fourteen. Okay, then I'll take twenty to fourteen then. Seventeen to fourteen. I think this will be a low-scoring game. I think it's gonna be a lot closer than people 14. think. Giants should theoretically and roll this game, but they're not a team normally that's ready to roll. And why? All right. 
There we go. Let's rock. Saints at Steelers. Battle of six lost teams at 1 o'clock on Fox. Boy, that's going to be uh, an absolute is, barn burner is, for TV ratings. This is stuff that you really pay for. This is what you pay cable for, folks, is this, this game right here. This one's going to be crazy. <laughs> no, just kidding. I think New Orleans probably might win this one. Pittsburgh, you know, TJ Watt is slowly, slowly making his way back. He's not going to be able to play this game. So our defense, I find, is still going to struggle just a little bit. New Orleans, I mean, you got Andy Dalton. They were kind of picking it up a little bit, especially with last week. Um, I think you're going to see New Orleans pick this one up, though, of uh, 25 to f- 25 to 21. Okay, there you go. Uh, I'm going to stay safe and go with their projector here and take the Saints as well. Um, I think with how Kenny Pickett has played, I think you're seeing a little bit better, but he's still, he's I still think so spotty. The defensive front for New Orleans is going to give <laughs> Najee Harris problems. I would love to pick him as a breakout game, which he very well could, but I just haven't seen enough to be confident in that team. Alvin Kamara's looked better by himself, obviously without Michael Thomas. Uh, you can look at their stock being a little depleted, but Chris Olave fills the hole easily. I'm going to take the Saints in that defense in a slugfest. I think it's going to be, um, what's the score I haven't picked yet? Let's go with 21-16. to 16. That's a weird enough score. I think we can roll with that one. 21-16. Yeah, there you go. Next game on deck, we got Broncos. Let's ride against the Titans. Broncos country. Russ is cooking up something. It's going to be terrible, though. Tennessee's going to win this one. Derrick Henry's going to go crazy. Uh, I have, Derrick Henry's going to have a huge game. I feel okay. like, like he's going to be a leader of fantasy. Or pretty dang close, probably top three in fantasy points-wise. Denver is just like Russ – Russ Russ feels like last week, and especially they're winning like U, the U.K. or whatever, Russ acted like that was like he won the Super Bowl at that. He's just like – yeah, like we fall really hard. Well, you're doing high knees on the plane for four hours. Like, <laughs> and you go in and you barely beat J- the Jaguars. Like, you're not going to beat Tennessee. Tennessee's way better than the Jaguars. You're going to see they're kind of running all of them. Is basically what I'm going to say. And Russ is not going to know how to throw football again. I don't know why they're paying him 230 million dollars. <laughs> Tennessee's going to win this one. Derrick Henry's going to have three touchdowns and like 250 yards. Ooh, that's a big stat line. Oh man, I think this is an interesting one. Uh, just looking at some of the other games. I want to pick the Broncos. It just seems like one of those games that they might be able to squeak out, maybe. But then I look at the stat sheet, and the way that they've played on the road this season has not been very good. So that does frighten me, I believe, if I remember correctly. Uh, Here, I'll double-check the schedule just to make sure. Overall, in road games this year, um, they have lost one, two, three three, almost four road games in their four tries. And the only one they've won this season was last week against Jacksonville at Wembley. They're coming off the bye, so they might be better. Um, But I think this is still going to be a tough game for them to win. Give me the Titans barely. I think their defense is a little slumped on. Mike Variable is going to get the job done. I'm going to go with this one to be a little more high scoring. 28-24. to Titans sneak one out against the Broncos, and they're sitting at three and six on the year. Let's ride into oblivion and mediocrity. <laughs> Let's ride into being a bad football team. <laughs> next game, Brandon. Yes, next game here. This one, I think, might. I think this is going to be one where we might split it up here. Colts debut for Jeff Saturday as the head coach, taking on Vegas in Nevada. Mm. The two and six yeah, Raiders. Legion Stadium. Who you got, Brandon? Give me the Raiders. As much as I love Jeff Saturday to come out of the deck with an absolute win, he called the Raiders trash last week. Dang, really? And on did you see that on Twitter? 
He nice. said the Raiders are bad on Twitter. And then the next week, he gets hired as the head coach of the Colts. And who do they play first? The Vegas Raiders. And that's going to bite him in the butt. Raiders are too good of a team to be 2-7. and seven. That's for dang sure. Josh McDaniel, if you're listening out there, don't be conservative. Be aggressive and pound it against this depleted Colts defense. Their offense ain't going to win the game, so you've got to be able to score the football. And you do so well in New England, you've got to do it now. Your job might be on the line. Don't don't believe Mr. Davis won't send you out of there after week one, so you got to figure it out. This is a game where they turn it around. Give me the Raiders 33-30 to 30 over the Colts in a high-scoring thriller. Because both defenses, frankly, have not played well. Dang, that's pretty hot. Yeah, I, I knew it was going to probably be pretty high-scoring, seeing that both of these defenses are straight-up buns uh but I'm i like gonna, that word buns. i'll play a little contrarian here indy is gonna go after it oh um, i like it Pittman has been disappointing let's be real let's be let's be honest my be real can't notification just came up <laughs> michael Pittman has been pretty abysmal so far i think he's gonna have a good game jeff Saturday's is gonna come back he's gonna recognize what they do well on offense and it's gonna be hey feed it to Pittman. let's see what happens and let's get it rocking Colts are gonna win this one 28 to 22 Okay, that'd be a big win for Jeff Saturday in his debut. Cowboys at Packers, arguable game of the week here at Lambeau. America's team. Packers have lost five in a row, Joe. Do they make it six? Yes. Yes, you're going with the Cowboys. Yes, sir. Okay. Get Jerry Get Jerry on the phone. Get Jerry Jones <laughs> on the phone. Get tell Jerry tell him to call phone. me up. I got utter confidence in this team. Green Bay losing to Lions last week. They're not even going to know what's going to go on. Yep. Like they've Aaron Rodgers, dude. He, Aaron Rodgers throws three picks, right? He sure. throws three picks. Second one, he's stomping his feet like a little girl because he can't even handle it. Sure. And then he throws one to Aiden Hudson. Funniest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> Love to see it. Huge for the program. Dallas is going to win this one. Let's say... It's gonna pro- eh, Dallas is going to go off. 28 to 10. Okay. This is interesting. Packers this season at home have won three of five games at home this season. This is their toughest game yet at home. Arguably, the next closest one would be the Giants or the Patriots, whichever one you can put in there. Which They also lost um, one of those games. I think that does just enough to stifle them. I think that they will beat the Cowboys as much as I hate to say it, it just doesn't make sense. The streak's going to have to come to the end. They're not going to run the table. That's for dang sure. Uh, you can mark my words on that. But I think they do enough just to squeak out uh, the Cowboys on the road. I'll be very interested to see what they do. I think Dallas loses this game. I think that overall their passing attack gets depleted. And then we'll see Jerry bring in Odell Beckham Jr. next week. Mark my words. Green Bay wins. seven. No, not 17-14. I already used that score. Uh, 28-21. There you go. Simple one-touchdown game. Respect, man. Okay. Here we go. Next game on the docket here. Second prime time. Prime time? Kind of, sort of. I mean, it's Kind of. I mean, it's you could make the argument. Cardinals at Rams. Three-win teams, but definitely teams that have much more higher power than we've seen in the record sheets. So, uh-huh. uh, I like... Mm, who Arizona. do I like? Arizona's going to win this one. You like Arizona. Uh, we already talked about. It. I mean, we already talked about how the, bad the Rams' offensive line is, with just how depleted they are. I think JJ Watt's gonna have a field day. Uh, in Arizona, I mean, the offense is just 
I would say clicking. I haven't really been paying attention too much. I mean, D-Hop being back, I have him on my fantasy team, and he's just killing it. So Arizona's going to have no problem on the offense, and I think defense is going to really pick it up and play pretty solidly because that the disconnect between Matt Stafford and his offensive line is just way too much, and that's been the reason why they've been losing games. Okay, there you go. Uh, this one's interesting for me because I look at the offenses, and the Rams have done actually a pretty good job of uh, keeping with opposing offenses and yards. And I think this has to be a game where, for the Rams, you got to break out. If you're going to want to catch Seattle uh, and get up in the in the area with the 49ers going to play them later this season, you got to win this game. So I'll have a little faith to go with the Rams here, um, and we'll just play contrarian this week. We'll just go with opposite picks. That makes it cool. Uh, High-scoring game, though. I don't think the defenses uh, are going to play as well as you saw back in September when it was a 20-12 to game at Arizona um, in Glendale. Uh, I think this will be much more offensive. Slugfest 31, no, 38-31. Rams over the Cardinals. No defense in this game whatsoever. No shot. Track me. Yeah. Okay. Last of the Sunday game. Sunday night game. This Actual primetime now. Actual primetime now. You're right. Speaking of the 49ers, they're hosting the Chargers. Is this a game that Brandon Staley takes the dub for the Chargers, or is it Kyle Shanahan's show in San Fran? It's going to be Kyle. I mean, if, yeah, it's going to be Kyle Shanahan's show, I think. Okay. No further explanation. Yeah. I, mean, nope. I, I just don't really know. I, I mean, Chargers kind of been a little bit of a disconnect, and then San Francisco just – I like it when Jimmy's back, and I like kind of what the 49ers are doing right now. So, 49ers going to win. Let's go 17-10. to 10. Okay, good pick. I also like the Niners in this one. I think Christian McCaffrey is the difference maker. Believe what you see. As long as you keep him healthy, you keep Kittle healthy, you keep Ayuk healthy, I think they're going to bring a deadly 1-2-3 punch, and I think they're going to continue their winning ways against the Chargers, Brandon Staley. He needs to prove himself a little bit better, uh, and I think the Niners will squeak into the the winning category. Give him 30-24 to 24 over the Chargers. They might make a mistake that costs him this game at the end. I'll make that prediction right now. Respect, man. Hey, good pick, guy. Thank you, sir. Last one. We're rounding out the show. Thanks for tuning with us here on this longer episode. Commanders at Eagles. The Eagles are winning this one. I agree. 9-0. and Fly, Dude. Eagles, fly. Hurts. It hurts. I've... Perfect season. Yeah, the... The approach that he has this game, if you saw the uh, like little interview that he had, he's like, I've been 8-0 before, or I've been 7-0 before, and I didn't win a national championship. We ain't done yet. We ain't done yet. So I love that attitude. I feel, I feel bad for Washington because Jalen Hurts is going to come in with a vengeance, and that they've just been clicking, man. Like They've just been so good all the way around. You're going to be able to see just a crazy game from him. You're going to be seeing probably two to three picks on the defensive side. I like it. So Philadelphia's going to win this one. They're going to run the table. It's going to be like a 35 to We'll say 35 to 20 game. Oh, that was close. I had 35-17 in my head. I'll keep with that one. I think this is going to be a dominant game for the Eagles. Be careful of a trap game, though. Tyler Heineke could be just the answer. He could could be the answer to sneak this out, but until I see different from that defense. Fly, Eagles, fly. The Phillies didn't get it done. 
maybe it's the year for the Eagles. We'll have to wait and see. But those are our picks. Make sure to follow along next week to see who wins, mm-hmm. and we'll monitor that as we go. A lot of a lot of time left, Joe, here in these picks to see who wins out in the end. I can't remember what our bet we was. We got a few. It was like dinner or something like that. Oh, I dinner or something. Remember. Sure, I'll take you to the quad if I lose. Or if I lose, but use, a, use a quick little swipe. Yeah, I'll swipe you in. I'm Apparently, he doesn't have any, Dude, so it might it, actually be a luxury swipes, for Joe. I had swipes last year. And I don't go to, I'm not on campus all the time. I go to the library sometimes in the morning to do homework on like Tuesdays and Fridays every once in a while. But I'm not on campus enough to warrant buying swipes. I'll just say that. Okay. And when I do go to the thing, I usually, I'll just pay the 10 bucks to go eat. And I'll just eat a lot. Yeah. I'll, I'll eat so much. It is all you can eat. So Which is good. That is nice. But I don't know. We'll see maybe next semester. I'll toss in a few money for some swipes, but who knows? Anyways, let's close out the show, Brandon. Let's close it out. Make sure you follow, subscribe on all of our platforms. New episodes coming out next week and for the rest of the semester and next year for sure. But until next time. Take care, everybody.